is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> okay, good morning, boys and girls, people of all ages, sizes, and colors. Um, before we really get into this, I want to say I have been, over the past week, upgrading the old podcast Devo Studio. Uh, the sound issue I've been working on, got this new fancy uh, arm thing. Uh the pop filter, some soft lights. Um, I still have some stuff to do for backlighting and all that. So I'm still adjusting. So we'll, if it looks a little weird, it'll be better. Should have better clarity, uh, better um, HD, all this stuff. It's a work in progress though. So uh, bear with me here. Now, what I want to do um, to start is uh, I'm going to do a little sports segment here. And yes, apparently I have segments now on this podcast, devotional, somehow. I don't know. But first, I want to talk about the Cowboys for a second. Now, I know a lot of people don't like the Cowboys. It's fine. It's not totally about the Cowboys. It's, it goes beyond the Cowboys. I want to show you a play that happened this past Monday night during a punt and punt return. So check this out. Possession very easily could have ended in a touchdown if Herbert makes a better throw, and they just... That was a fair catch called for by Turpin, and now a scramble for a loose ball. Chargers know that the Cowboys have the ball on an illegal touch. The Chargers are going to get the ball. Go ahead, John. Yeah, it's a great challenge by the Chargers. Number one, there's nothing there at the punt return man. He's blocked into, so there's no, no interference there. Then the ball rolls. First touched by Dallas, which is key, and then recovered by L.A. It should be their football first and ten. Now, if you're watching that, you saw the punt return, which is Kevante Turpin. He motions... For a fair catch. That means he can catch the ball without being hit. But after he does that, the Chargers player pushes a blocker that's in front of Turpin into him, knocking him back. The ball hits the ground. Now, the blocker thinks, he, he doesn't know what happened, but he thinks that it touched Turpin, so he's got to try to retrieve the ball. So he runs after it, he touches it, but then the Chargers gain possession. Now, I understand totally. It's been in the rules forever that if a receiving team touches the ball, doesn't catch it, it hits them, they drop it or whatever, and the other team grabs it, it's their ball. Got no problem with that. That's that's fine. But a fair catch was signaled, right? And the the player from the Chargers pushed the blocker into him, which interfered with him catching it so that should not have been allowed you should not be allowed to shove a blocker into to a receiver that has called for a fair catch 
And my question is, why is nobody talking about that? You heard right away Troy Aikman was like, oh, this will be Cowboys ball because he was interfered with. But then after that and after the replay, they all kind of brushed that under the rug and be like, oh, you know, that is Chargers ball. That seems crazy to me. That's nuts that, that this is allowed. If if nobody, if, if that's going to be legal, I need somebody to call the Cowboys front office, the coaching staff, have a meeting with the special teams coaches, all of that. And every time a punt happens, our special team is required to knock someone into the punt returner when he's about to catch the ball. Seriously, I'm not even joking. I would not allow a clean catch ever again. Nope. And if the refs call it, if all of a sudden they're like, nope, you can't do that, I would have an iPad Pro. It's the biggest one you can get with that play already queued up there. So he'd be like, nope, you can't do that. Back, like, boop. Well, look at this on Monday night that this was allowed. Nobody said anything about it. You can't make a rule now. So you just walk over and show them. Check this out. And so, like I said, it goes beyond. This should be every team. There should be no fair catches allowed. You push somebody into them. You have to now because now we allowed it. It's ridiculous. And, and guess what? I know the Cowboys won, but that is crazy and it's unfair. Shouldn't have happened. You may be wondering, are you sure you didn't like this play, Pastor Adam? All I say is, <clears throat> no, sir, I didn't like it. Moving on to my beloved Cubbies. Uh, they were in the lead for the wild card um, playoff for about a month, maybe a month and a half. And uh, the last week, they, they blew it. They blew that they were out of the playoffs and... Nothing. It was brutal. But here's what I want to point out, which has frustrated me so far um, since 2020, really. My favorite Cub player ever is Kyle Schwarber. And he was released after the 2020 season. For nothing, by the way. They just said, have a good day. They didn't get picks. They didn't get anything. They just said, see ya. Uh, now, he was with the Cubs for six years. He was a homegrown product, so through the draft, minor leagues, all the way to getting them, helping them um, get to where they were in 2016, where he hit over 400 in the World Series, propelling us to the first Cubs championship in like 108 years. 108, 108, I don't remember what it was. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he tore his ACL on like the second game of the season and somehow made it back that same year to play in the World Series, and he hit over 400. Without Kyle Schwarber, the Cubs don't have a World Series in 2016. Now, whatever, whatever weird thing happened with Schwarber where he hit over 400 in the World Series, that... That, I know, was an anomaly. Since then, his batting average has been pretty terrible. His home runs, though, crazy good, right? So after 2020, they released him. He went to the Nationals. That year, for the Nationals, he made the All-Star game. Homers left and right. I, he, I think he even led the league in home runs that year. But after the World, a couple weeks after the World, I mean, after the All-Stars, he was traded to 
the Boston Red Sox. And what did he do there? Oh, he helped them get to the ALCS. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's the series before the World Series. Then after that, he signed with the Phillies that very next year. And what happened um, with the Phillies? Oh, he made an all-star game again. I think he also led the league in home runs um, for a while. Um, I think that uh, the dude from the Yankees actually won the, the home run title, but Schwarber had over 40. I know that. And, oh, they went to the World Series. Ended up losing. Now this year, uh, still on the Phillies, he is in the NLCS. Just hit two home runs last night. Home run the night before that. Uh, they're up 2-0. And uh, I saw this stat come up today watching um, SportsCenter, or Get Up, and it said that uh, he's tied with Reggie Jackson for most postseason home runs by lefty in Major League history. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. I didn't want them to release him. I wanted him to sign Schwarber in 2020, right after that. And instead, they let him walk. And I was telling everybody else, this is a huge mistake. And there were so many people out there, Cubs fans, like, nah, he can't hit. Okay, he hits home runs, but he strikes out like crazy. But guess what? The dude is a winner. Everywhere he goes, they win. They win. That's what that's what I'm saying. So I want to say all of this happened and. Everybody who was either like good, they traded him, or we should have traded him earlier. I told you so. It's frustrating as a Cubs fan because I'm like, I see a guy who can help us. I guarantee if he was on the team this year, we'd be in the playoffs. So what do I have to say? And anyways, so now we're done with that. One more quick sports thing, and this comes from the world of MMA. Uh, there's some there. There's been some good fights that were on the schedule for this Saturday. And usually the, the fight card starts at 10 o'clock p.m. So if I go out, I'll, I'll, I'll make the big fights with some friends here. But that makes Sunday rough because I'm out till like 1, 2 in the morning watching these fights. And then I got to get up early to lead worship and all that stuff. So there was, there was two fights that were pretty good coming up this Saturday. And I was like, I don't really want to go and watch it. I got, I got church. I have the Red Ribbon Fest. There, there's a lot going on on Sunday, that I just don't feel I can make it out Saturday. Like, I'm just going to pass on this one. And then two of the fighters dropped out due to injury, and they replaced them with other fighters. Now these fights are amazing. Like, I need to see these fights. But again, late at night, I'm just like, I have so much to do on Sunday. I just can't, right? even though these are going to be amazing fights. But then it seems as if God said, you know what, hold up. I got you on this one. I was looking up something about, I was reading about the fighters and it said 2 p.m. start time because they're in Abu Dhabi. And I'm like, what? Oh, I can get to bed early. I can watch these and get to bed early. So that's just one little God sighting that I saw this week where God was like, you've been doing good for me. How about I give you this? That's what I have to say. I think it's pretty awesome. Speaking of God, let's get to the devotional, right? Right. That's what everybody's here for, I think. Uh, so here's what happened. Um, last Thursday, I attended the uh, men's morning gathering called The Forge, and Pastor David was speaking and talking about growth in our faith, uh, being in uh, Scripture and in our prayer life. That kind of that was that was the main theme of past Thursdays, right? 
And um, one of the questions was, what's an obstacle for you in having the, the prayer life that we should have? And we got um, a lot of answers that were, you know, you would come up with time. Like, I'm busy, there's not a lot of time. Um, being intentional about it, sure. Uh, accountability, yep, that's what kind of like the men's thing is. We get together, we hold each other accountable. Things of that nature, right? And, and I sat there thinking about my prayer life. Now, I actually think I have a pretty good prayer life because throughout the day, I'm praying here and there randomly, and I'm asking questions, I'm pondering things, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm seeking advice, that kind of thing. And this is throughout the day. You know, like, it's not just a, I go into a room and I pray. No, this is as I'm doing things, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm being with him, that kind of thing. Then at night, I have uh, nighttime prayers that I feel like are more of a rigid, predetermined prayer with my wife and kids. And so I go into each girl's room, uh, my wife and I do, we pray with them, but the prayer often seems kind of, is to me, to both of us, it seems insincere, insincere. like it's a thing they do as a part of the process to go to the bed, which we've talked to them about, like we're talking to God here. Both girls say like, thank you God for mom, dad, um, their brothers, I mean their sister and their uh, dogs, and then they say thank you for whatever they did um, during the day. And then, like, help us have a good day tomorrow, or the other ones, like, help me not feel like I have a stomachache or a headache, and whatever that is happening at that time. But the prayer never really goes beyond that. And we've said, like, this is God you're talking to. You're praying to him. We were having a conversation with you. You're speaking to him. But nothing really changes, even the more, the more we talk about it. Uh, and then with my wife, as we pray at night, um, things change. Like, it's not as rigid. We talk about different things and all that. But it's pretty predictable, which is fine because it's a real prayer and, and we have these needs and we're, we're talking to him like that. That's fine. There's nothing bad about it. Then right as I get to bed, I pray one last time and I go through the list of people that I'm praying for, which includes my family, but also includes friends and church members and, and things like that, <clears throat> um, as well as repenting for my sins that I may have committed during the day, all that. Again, that's pretty predictable. Still needs to be done, but it's predictable. All this leads to me, leads to the daytime prayers, which I continually have with God in my heart as I'm going about my business or whatever I'm doing. And these prayers, I find, to me at least, would have more impact in my relationship with him, um, even though I'm not always praying for anything super important. The asking, the pondering, the wondering prayers... Those are just me being with Jesus at that time. And so I think about if I'm in a relationship with someone here on earth and, and the only conversations I ever had with them are the same thing over and over again, that relationship is probably going to be pretty stale. Now, that's a better relationship than not speaking at all, for sure. But it, I just if I just put myself in a, a normal situation with a relationship, it seems pretty weird. Uh, you probably don't know how much that, or about much about that person, if the only conversations you have are like replicated every single day. So I was thinking about it. Let's say I meet somebody at say like the Star Wars Galaxy Edge at Disney World, and we, we're we're doing something Star Wars together. I like that dude. We're cool. Like we're gonna be friends. Exchange numbers, and then we start texting one another randomly here and there for months. And whenever we text, we only talk about Star Wars. In the end, what do I really know about that person? 
I know we both love Star Wars and that we have that in common, but if we were to meet up sometime and just like spend a weekend or, or hang out together, I think the Star Wars talk would probably get a little old. I mean, what else is there going to be to talk about? I don't know, because the conversations was all we ever had has been the same. Star Wars. And I know that this relationship with God, we're, we're praying to him, we're speaking to him, and we're also reading scripture to hear what he's saying and seeing what he's doing in our lives. But I think that a lot of times with people, if they do put focus on, well, at least I'm going to pray one time a day, I bet you that one prayer a day that they do, if they are intentional about it, is going to be the same. They're just going to repeat the thing over and over again. Now, the list of needs or stuff like that may change, but I feel like there should be more of an emphasis on being with God throughout the day at different times. I know that there's, there's points where I pray and I'm at my wits end and I need him. I know that there's times when I'm just speaking to him and I'm, I'm wondering and I'm asking questions and I'm, I'm like, would, what would it be like? You know, there's just lots of things that I do where I'm, I'm trying to get God's perspective and his advice and, and see him working in different things. Just like I said, that God sighting where uh, the, the fight that I want to see is now earlier. I know that the majority of the world probably like, that's not a God thing. That's just they're going to a place in the world. But it's a time where I needed it to be at this time for me to even see it. If not, I wasn't going to. I don't know. It just seems to me that it's a God thing. And and I'm giving him credit because he's sovereign and in control of everything. So if you are one of those people who are just praying the same thing every day or every night, I think that you need to be intentional about having time to just be with him. I think, of course, we have to be in scripture to see what he's saying and and doing that. But there just has to be more because if you look at our relationship with God, it is going to be different for each person, but we want it to be a good relationship where we know him and he knows us. I mean, he knows us. He knows us before we were born, but you know what I mean. Um, also, that reminds me, I went to a uh, a Catholic church for a, a funeral or something like this, and then they like recited prayers like, Apparently, you don't just come up with your own prayers. You, they're told what to pray. And I was like, I, I don't feel like God wants us to just read a prayer every time. He wants our heart. And I think our heart needs to be in the place where we want to know him better. So that's really what I have today. No actual scripture today, which is weird, but um, that's what I felt was on my heart to share with you today. So... I'm going to take off now because we got busy week. I got a golf tournament tomorrow that, just by the way, last year we won. Just saying. I don't think we're going to win tomorrow because I haven't swung golf clubs since last year. Anyways, uh, but I got that. Then a trunk or treat tomorrow night, which is exciting. Then service on Sunday. Red Ribbon Fest Sunday afternoon. If you're in the Monk's Corner area, you want to come support us. It's at San Old Santee Canal Park. Starts at 145, 2-ish. If you wear red, you get in for free. There's going to be food there and games and all kinds of stuff. Bounce houses, probably. I don't know. But it's going to be a good way for the worship team to be out there and sing worship music and hopefully show other people how cool um, 
worship is and all that. So anyways, I'm just rambling on. So I will let you go and I'll see you next week.